And uh, of course, we've had quite a few delays uh, in this subject, but uh, we did have a date on the internet that uh, we had planned to be finished with uh, this book, and it looks like we're going to uh, make that deadline uh, with no problem. Uh, I need to know how many CDs we have on this subject so far. I think it's quite a few, uh, but tonight we're going to finish up with chapter 11 and chapter 12 of the book of Daniel, and then we'll take any questions that you may have uh, on this subject. Uh, we want to teach a Bible class, probably going to teach a Bible class on uh, a balanced life, and one saint come to me um, concerned because there seems to be a lot of talk among some saints about having a balanced life before God. Um, and usually when they make that statement, they're talking about um, making room for the natural man. And uh, so what we want to do is we want to see what the Bible says, what it means to have a balanced life. In many cases, some people feel that uh, you can be too saved. You can be too holy. You can have too much Jesus. Well, I don't understand that. I never read in the Bible where the Holy Ghost said you can have too much of him. Uh, but I know one aspect of man that says it's too much of God or has the attitude of too much of God, too much of church, too much holiness, too much of reading the Bible, and that's the flesh and the carnal mind. Because the carnal, the carnal part of us does not want all of this Jesus and all of this God and all of this holiness because it doesn't leave very much room for him to do what he wants to do to think what he wants to think. But you come to think about it, um, I fasted on our church in Jackson in the early years. We fasted on an average of three days straight every week for five years. And I fasted so much that almost every day I was dizzy. And of course, my sister can attest to that um, of how I used to consecrate when I was younger in my days and I fasted so much to where I passed out. And so, um, and they're gonna tell me that I didn't have a balanced life when I was doing all that, because I didn't want to leave no room for the flesh, because I knew of pastors that were falling in sin, ministers that were falling in sin, some of the young people I would bring in the church would fall in sin, and uh, some, some of the friends that I had in the church were falling away, doing a little dirt on the side, and eventually uh, it, put them out of the church and I didn't want to be like that so I had purposed in my mind that I was going to do whatever it takes to make it that I was not going to be just like everybody else you see one thing about the human nature the human nature likes to uh, be the same it does not like to stand out it likes to do what everybody else is doing and Jesus didn't do what all the Pharisees and the scribes were doing and that's what got him killed because he uh, did not conform to the norm and this is why God has saved us and what he expects us to do he does not want us to be like everybody else let me say amen we're supposed to stand out and of course if we do stand out there's going to be some persecutions there's going to be some trouble uh, but we should welcome those things because we should not want to be like everybody else we should not want to have our pants hanging down young men just because somebody else is doing it because that just means that you are just as stupid as everybody else. We say amen. We don't want uh, young men walking around with earrings in their ear because somebody else does it. 
You're going to pierce your ear and have an earring in your ear just because somebody else has it. That means that you're just as dumb as they are. You know, and you don't want to be like that. You want to uh, be your own man in Christ. You don't want to be something just because somebody else is doing it. Uh, I remember I saw a, a program on television of Patrick Ewing, and he was on there, and he had an earring in his ear, and he said, do you like this earring? Because everybody's doing it. I got to have me one. Well, that's mean. It just goes to show just how weak-minded he was. Yes, he was rich. Yes, he had a lot of money. Yes, he's playing the NBA, but his mind wasn't right. So we should want to be like God because God is not like everybody else. God is unique within himself. And this is what he has called us to do. So, but that's another subject tonight. So we're going to be working on that, teach on that. And it should be very enlightening uh, to see what the Bible has to say. See, a lot of people have their own opinions. Uh, but uh, the opinions of man, my opinion doesn't mean no more than yours. And yours doesn't mean no more than mine. So that's why we need to get into the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. What does God has to say about the subject? And whatever he says about the subject, that's it. It don't matter what nobody else say. We say amen? All right. Well, let us pick it up in Daniel chapter 11. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 20. And we're going to be dealing with verses 20 all the way down to verse 45. And then we're going to go into chapter 12 and deal with the 12th chapter. And then... Uh, we will be finished with the book of Daniel. And Sean, how many CDs is it? You remember? Number 11 is not too bad. We said, well, we said eight, didn't we? Oh, we said 10. Uh, does that include the questions and answer one? It doesn't? Okay. Well, um, so we're not doing too bad. 11 uh, CDs and 12 chapters. That's pretty good, isn't it? Not too bad. All right. Well, Daniel chapter 11, verse 20. Let's pick it up there. Let's read the first verse, and then we're going to stop there and uh, now make comment. All right, let's read. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. Within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. Now, of course, um, this was Caesar in Jesus' day. In Jesus' time, when he was here on the earth, the Roman Empire was the world power. And of course, uh, Caesar was the one, uh, when Jesus was about to be born, was the raiser of taxes. And you can read about that in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 1. This has to do with the culmination of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was overthrown but it will come back again in our time uh, and it will be in full power in the last days of the tribulation period. So some thought the tribulation period was going to start when Mussolini came and began to make war and began to recover some of the land that Rome had lost around the Mediterranean Sea. And the Mediterranean Sea uh, was called the Roman Lake. In Latin, they called it Mori Nostrum, which means our sea. But the Roman Empire, as it did fall many years ago, uh, will come back and the Antichrist will come up out of uh, the Roman Empire pretty much and will be a Roman Jew. Now, everything that we have today in our democratic form of government, we got from Rome. This is how we have senators. 
This is how we have our democratic form of government. We got it from the influence of the Roman Empire. And there's pretty much no country today that has not, to some degree, been influenced by the world empire of Rome. But in Jesus' day, as we read here in verse 20, uh, then shall stand up in his estate or in his place a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. That glory of the kingdom would be Rome. The kingdom had not come into power as of yet as we're reading here in the book of Daniel. But he is prophesying, letting them know that it's going to happen in future time. And it did happen some uh, 400 years in the future. All right? So, uh, Brother Sean, if you could turn these choir mics down. That's why we have that ring. And thank you. Then shall stand up in his estate a raise of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And of course, Caesar did die. All right, and uh, let's pick it up, verse 21. And in his estate. Now, when it says in his estate, that means in his place. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person. Now, this vile person that Daniel is being told about is the Antichrist that is to come. The devil in human flesh just like Jesus was God manifest in human flesh the Antichrist will be the devil that will possess a man and that man will rise into power and become the Antichrist now why is he called Antichrist because he is anti toward anything that Christ stood for all right and in his estate shall stand up a vile person, let's read, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Now the Antichrist will come from out of that kingdom, which would be wrong, and will rule the world and come in peace and deceive. Now in the book of Revelation talks about the... Um, the horseman, the uh, man riding four horses. And of course, when we get to the book of Revelation, we'll deal with that. The first horse that he rode on was what color horse? Was well, a white horse. That has reference to the Antichrist coming in his purity of power, coming looking like a peaceable individual. And of course, with all of the problems that are going on in the Middle East right now, all of the conflicts and all the bombings and all of the things that are going on, when the Antichrist comes in, he's going to come in with all of the answers to the problems. And the Bible says he's going to be able to do things that his fathers before were not able to do. And this is how he's going to deceive everybody into believing that he is the Messiah, that he is Israel's long-awaited Messiah. Now, because we're so close to the rapture, he's alive right now. The Antichrist is existing right now. Probably somebody walking around that doesn't even know he's going to be the Antichrist. But the devil is going to get in him. Now they were trying to figure out why this Korean today went around and gunned down 32 people. They're trying to figure it out. Well, I got the answer for him. The devil got into him and made him do those things. And it is very horrific, but that's what the devil does. The thief coming not but for to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. And they're calling it the worst mass murdering in the history of the United States. A 23-year-old boy 
walking around, uh, gunning people down. And they talked about one professor that when the man entered into the room, he jumped out in front of the gun and took the bullets, let the guy shoot him to save some of the students as they dove out of the windows. So, uh, but it's the devil. Can you say amen? amen? Things that are happening in this country never happened before. It's setting us up for the time of the coming of the vile person. So, in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom. They're not going to give it to him, but he shall obtain, or but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by what? Flatteries. He's going to come in unassuming. He's not going to be launching in the intercontinental ballistic missiles, but he's going to come in and he's going to take control peaceably by flatteries. All right. Verse 22, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. Now, what that is, he's going to make a covenant with Israel. The Bible says for one week, and that one week is the 70th week of Daniel, which is the seven-year tribulation period. He's going to come in by flatteries. And work deceit. Uh, can we say amen? amen? And make a covenant with them. Now in Genesis, God made two covenants with Abraham. The one covenant was a heavenly covenant and the other covenant was an earthly covenant. Remember he says that uh, I will multiply thy seed Abraham like the stars of the sky and the sand upon the seashore. So God was letting Abraham know that was the two covenants to Abraham. He let him know that I'm going to bless you and your children are going to be in so great number as the number of the stars of the sky, of the sky which is known as the heavenly seed or the star seed. Then he says, I want to multiply your other seed that will be in great number as the sand upon the seashore. That is what we call the sand seed or the earthly seed. So understand then that there's to be a heavenly seed and there are to be a earthly seed. Now we that are of the heavenly covenant that are in the church are part of that heavenly seed because we are in his heavenly kingdom. We're in the church. And when the rapture takes place, we're going to where? Y'all know where we're going? Okay, well, if you said we were going over yonder, at least I would know what you're talking about instead of just not saying nothing. We're going to heaven. So we're part of that heavenly seed. Now, Israel, the earthly seed was for Israel. They will be the earthly seed. And understand then that it is uh, the Antichrist will use this covenant that got me with Abraham and they will think that he is their Messiah because he's going to use the fact that God made a covenant with Abraham and that's the covenant he's going to use to try to deceive the nation of Israel into believing that he is their Messiah. Now his intent is to destroy Israel. That's why the world to this day, they hate Israel. It's because Israel is God's people. They not only hate Israel, but they hate also the church. So uh, he is here to fulfill the covenant that God made with Abraham and to others. 
and of course he's going to turn on them. So he's going to use the fact that he made uh, of the covenant that God made with Abraham and come in and take control and they're going to give him control. All right, let's read the next verse. Verse 23. And after the league made with him or the covenant made with him, he shall work deceitfully for he shall come up and shall become strong with the small people. Now the small people has to do with that the Roman Empire is going to come back into power and he will, um, you know, he will come in and he will rise through the ranks through the Roman Empire because he is going to be a Roman by birth but a Jew by race. He's going to be a Roman Jew. All right. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with the small people. Verse 24. He shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the province. And he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches. Yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. Now, the strongholds has to do with the enemies of Israel, the Arab nations. He's going to fight against the Arab nations and going to overcome them. Now, the Arab nations in Israel are already fighting now. So I'll let you know that we're getting very close. But when the Antichrist comes in, he's going to be able to accomplish things that the former leaders of Israel were never able to accomplish. Now, one thing he's going to be able to accomplish, he's going to be able to get that sight back that the, that the Arabs have so that they can restore their temple he's going to be able to accomplish that and that's why they're going to look at him as their messiah they're going to think that he is a great hero he will work miracles for them they will think of him like you know the story of robin hood we all know about robin hood right he stole for the rich and did what well this is what he's going to do he's going to uh be able to work and accomplish things against their strongholds that their former leaders were not able to accomplish and he's going to be looked upon as some great Robin Hood. All right? Now, he's going to be working miracles and of course, we all know that all miracles do not come from God. All miracles are not miracles from God. It seems like that anything miraculous that happens, people automatically think that that's God. Well, the devil can heal also. And whereas people are so focused on healing and miracles, uh, the Antichrist will do this. Now, everybody's talking about miracles and healing these days. But what they don't realize is that the devil can work a miracle too. The devil can heal. And every miraculous happening is not from God. And, of course, people think now that everything miraculous that happens is from God. But that's not true. It's just setting people up. Uh, to be deceived when the Antichrist comes and he works his miracles. Can we say amen? All right. So, um, verse 25. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south. Now, the king of the south is the Arab nations. We should understand that all the directions of the earth in the Bible is measured from Jerusalem. Jerusalem in the Bible is the center of the earth. Now, Bishop Paddock was teaching his lesson in his church when he was pastor. 
and he had a young minister in his church that went home and looked up the information and he came back to his Bible class and he said, Pastor, you're wrong because I looked up in the encyclopedia and it says that all directions are measured from Norway because Norway is the center of the earth. And that's where we get all our time zones from because Norway is the center of the earth. Well, he said that's true. He said, but I'm not talking about what the encyclopedia is talking about. I'm talking about what the Bible says. All directions in the Bible are measured from Jerusalem. And south of Jerusalem would be the Arab nations. And the Arab nations are anti-God. They're anti-Christ. They do not believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in uh, the Muslim faith. And the Muslim faith is an anti-Christ faith. They do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They do not recognize Jesus as God. So he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast what? Devices against him. Verse 26. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. Now, at this time, the world is going to be divided into three camps. You're going to have the king of the north, which would be Russia, the king of the south, which is the Arab nations, and the beasts. Three camps. Can we say amen? Now, if you read in the writings of the Maccabees, which writings I have downstairs, it would try to let you know that this passage of scripture is doing, dealing with Antiochus Epiphanes, who went up against war against the Syrians and against uh, Egypt and um, uh, some other place. I can't really remember. But this is not talking about Epiphanes. This is talking about the Antichrist. Epiphanes might have been a type of the Antichrist because he slaughtered like 80,000 Jews. But the Antichrist is going to be far worse than that. Because Hitler did more than that. Hitler is responsible for the execution of 6 million Jews. And of course, this man that is to come will be far worse than Adolf Hitler. Because Hitler was influenced by the devil. The Antichrist is going to be the devil himself. And like I told you, the devil possessed the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And look at all the mess that we're in to this day because of it. He possessed Judas. And Judas betrayed Christ. He's going to get in this man. And look at all the destruction he's going to cause. Before God has to come down to the earth himself. And destroy him. And put an end to his working. Alright. So um, he will make war with the Arabs. Or the Muslim nations. And, um, of course, we told you that king of the north is uh, Russia. Now, let me see here. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 38, verse number 10. We'll come back to Daniel. Let's go to Ezekiel 38 and verse number 10.